You're listening to Richard Ellis Talks with Richard Ellis. Richard's style is very unique, where he shares the message of the gospel unlike anyone else. It's real, refreshing, focused, and fun. Whether you find yourself in a good place, maybe in a difficult place, or possibly even in a very lonely place, let me encourage you that you've come to the right place. Now, if you're not able to stick around with us for all of today's talk, you can always listen to, download, and even share this entire message with a friend right from our website, richardellistalks.com. So, with today's talk, here's Richard Ellis. The title of today's message is Rest in Peace. And I found a couple stories. One of them, a man, his wife, and mother-in-law went on a trip to the Holy Lands. Unfortunately, the mother-in-law passed away while on the trip. The man and his wife were trying to decide what to do with her body. They were talking to a man, and he said, you can ship her home, but it will cost thousands of dollars, or you could bury her here for a few hundred bucks. The man said, I know we're going to have her shipped home. I heard about a man buried her once, and he rose from the dead. I just can't take that chance. Another story, a new business was opening, and one of the owner's friends wanted to send him flowers for the occasion. The flowers arrived at the new business site, and the owner read the card, Rest in Peace. The owner was annoyed and called to complain. Sir, I'm really sorry for the mistake and sorry you were offended, said the florist. But even worse, somewhere there is a funeral taking place today, and they have flowers with a note saying, congratulations on your new location. Now, today we're going to talk about something that I personally, and I've shared this, I know before, but I don't think this is something that goes away. And from conversations I've had with a number of people here and outside of here, this whole thing about peace. But I want us to think about this thing of peace. Do you have peace in your life just personally? And if you go beyond that, if you're married, is there peace in your marriage? Or does there always seem to be turmoil? Is there peace in the relationship with your children? Do you have peace at work? Do you have peace anywhere? And sometimes you think, well, maybe I can rest in peace if I just fall asleep. For a lot of people, they think, well, man, it'd just be great to die one day because then I'll really rest in peace. And the faulty assumption with that is that everyone who dies, I don't care what you put on a tombstone, there is no guarantee that you're going to rest in peace even after death. Now, if you have a relationship with God, and we'll look at that in a minute, then there's a guarantee that you will rest in peace. But if you don't know him, don't have a relationship with him, there is going to be no rest, not for a few days, not for a lifetime, but forever, if you read the scriptures and see them at least the way it's pretty clearly laid out there. But what about this life? Is there any peace? Now, we're going to look at a bunch of passages in the New Testament today. There's not that peace is not discussed in the Old Testament. And look at a number of passages, beginning with John chapter 14. And this is Jesus speaking here. And you'd have to read before and after to get the whole context, but we'll jump in at verse 25. And Jesus says, These things I have spoken to you while being present with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. So we are those people now that have the Holy Spirit not just with us, but if you're a Christian in us, and he brings these things to remembrance. And we have the scriptures to go through, which helps tremendously. And then he makes this amazing statement. He says, peace I leave with you. Not any kind of peace. He says, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. They were troubled. They were afraid. We all are. What if this happens? What if that happens? What if something goes wrong? I was driving home to a wedding in Abilene in the middle of the night, driving home, and I got four women in the car. Of course, they're all sacked out, helping me stay awake while I'm driving. But driving back and the fear, what hits you as a man? I mean, you're a man, you're supposed to be driving, you got responsibility, all these. 
the fear of falling asleep is not you kill yourself. You take everybody out with you and you sit up, you roll your window down, you know, you do all kind of stuff. Finally, I quit caffeine about two years ago. I stopped and bought a pint of Coke. Started drinking Coke, M&Ms, anything I do just to keep busy trying to stay awake on the road. My fear, what hit me was I'm going to fall asleep and wake up, you know, that sound that on the side of the road, you know, they put those bumps. No peace and just calming myself down. It's going to be okay. We're going to make it. But there's any number of things. I could start mentioning things right here today and get you so stirred up. And well, that's true. What am I going to do about that? I don't have time to be here. I got to go to work. I got to do something about that. And we get all stirred up and anxious and concerned about these things. But Jesus in the middle of this says, peace I leave with you. Now let me read it again and ask yourself a question. Do you have peace, the tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ? And so fearing nothing from God, you have no fears from God and content with its earthly lot of whatsoever sort that is. Then you got peace. I'm fine with what I've got. I'm fine with where I live. If it never changes, I've got peace about that. I'm asking God to do some things, and I'd love to see some things change, but I've still got peace. I'm content with things right where they are between me and God. I fear nothing between me and God. The slate is clean. The sins are confessed. If I saw him right now, if I was in his presence, I'd be fine. Now, let me tell you something. That is not possible between you and God unless the person sitting next to you you have peace with. And there are people who say, oh, I have peace with God, and they hate the person sitting next to them. Or there's unrest and unforgiveness and bitterness, and the bitterness takes on root systems. It becomes a bitter root, and it starts to consume your whole life. You're not going to experience peace with God if that's what's going on. Turn to Romans chapter 5, verse 1. When you'd have to read Romans chapter 4 to figure out what the therefore is in verse 1. Or Romans chapter 5, verse 1, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. And there's a lot of things the Scripture talks about, peace with God, the peace of God, the God of peace, the Lord of peace. There's all these references to peace. But here he says, because or therefore having been justified by faith. Now, what does that mean? You will never be good enough. And some of people's unrest and their lack of peace is they're constantly trying to do something and say, God, you got to like me. You got to love me. Look what I'm doing for you. Isn't this enough? And it never brings any peace. He is not trying to get you to do something for him. He's trying to get you to trust him. And by faith, the only way you can be saved scripturally is by grace through faith. So you say, God, I know I got nothing to offer you. It's all your gift of grace. And I believe that. I accept it. And when you do it that way, you get what? Peace. Because all of a sudden you realize everything's okay between me and God. Not because I've done something to make it right, but because he did something to make it right. And that's what he says here. We have peace with God through who? Through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Jump over to Romans chapter 8. Let's start with verse 1 and read down a few verses to get to verse 6. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. What if there was no condemnation? There was nothing against you. God just said, you know what? You're clear, forgiven, the debt's paid. I got nothing between me and you. I accept you, I've chosen you, I love you, the slate's clean, we're fine. There's peace between me and you. There is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. 
For what the law could not do and that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. On account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. That the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. In other words, the world, just physical things. So if you live according to the flesh, then you're going to set your minds on things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded, now look at this, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And what are people looking for? Life. I want to get a life. I want to live like I'm supposed to. But it's a package deal. If you're spiritually minded, you get life and you get peace. My idea of peace for 20-something years was if peace was zero, if you went from zero to negative 100, my idea of peace was to get closer to zero. I never passed zero. And if there was zero to 100 on the positive side, I never saw that. To me, peace was anxious or less anxious. And peace was less anxious. So if I could just calm myself down a little bit and get my heart to stop racing and the butterflies to stop flying and the the knots to, to untie for a minute in my gut, I never really had any peace, but it just calmed down more than it was normally. And I thought, that's just the deal. And I used to hate the scriptures because I'd open it and I'd read all this stuff about life and peace and peace with God and the peace of God. And I'm like, you know what? This doesn't work. I got none of this. And supposedly I got God and I got Jesus in my life and I got the Holy Spirit in my life and this is not working out for me. I'm done. God, this peace thing does not work. There is no joy. There is no peace. I don't love you. I don't love me. I don't love anybody else. It's not working. Ephesians chapter 2, amazing statement in verse 14. Sometimes we think of love as this thing or joy as this thing or peace as this abstract thing. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14 says this, For he himself, speaking of Jesus, for he himself is our peace. Peace is a person. You get Jesus, you get peace. Jesus said, my peace I leave with you. He had peace with God. He was God. There's no sin. It's absolute peace. You get Jesus in your life, you get peace. I'm not talking about resting in peace after you die. I'm talking about resting in peace while you're alive. For he himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, that is, the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace. Do you have any enemies today? I see couples every once in a while, you watch them really close and everything's okay, it seems. And you watch their body language, you watch them talk and not talk and you talk to them a little bit and when they get together and you get them by themselves, they start talking about their spouse, it's choppy, it's critical, it's throwing daggers and you go, ooh, something's not right. What's wrong with this thing and what are, what's going on here and is there anything I can do or pray or say, what do you do? And if you're in a situation where you've got an enemy and something like this going on, and there was someone who could come along and break down that wall that separates you and say, you know what, you can get back together. There are people who are trying with everything they've got to make peace with God. They look at their life and say, I've screwed up. You sit down with people. I've got a friend who shot someone. This guy was like 12 or 13 when he killed a man. And he's a Christian now, and he's been forgiven. But you know what? The devil can come at you with that stuff and say, you know what? Fine, all this God stuff. You're a murderer, big boy. You killed somebody. 
And for men sometimes, it's a situation you look back and maybe you raped some girl when she was drunk. Maybe you as a woman did some things and you go back in your mind, you're like, God, I'll never live this down. I'll never get rid of this stuff. There's never gonna be peace between me and you because I know who I am and you know who I am and I'm ashamed to even talk to you or look at you. And God says, you know what? I've torn all that mess down. I've made it right. I've figured out a way. You can get to me. There can be peace between me and you. I'll forgive you. I'll cut you loose. There may be some consequence, but you can have peace. You can be forgiven. Let me tell you something, guys. This may be old stuff to you, but there's some people I talk to. This is good news. And sometimes we've been Christians so long, we forget what an amazing thing it is to finally have some peace with God, the peace of God in our hearts and our lives. Verse 15, he abolished in his flesh the enmity, that is the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace, and that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. And he came and preached peace to you who were afar off and to those who were near, for through him we both have access by one spirit to the Father. Philippians 4 now, this is going to get really practical here. You think, well, what is all this? You know, And every once in a while, I know I get this criticism. All he talks about is Jesus dying on the cross, being buried and raised from the dead. Let me tell you something. You don't have jack without that. This isn't about just dying and going to heaven. If he didn't do that, you don't have a life between here and heaven. It's about his death, what happened when he died, what he took on himself. When he was raised from the dead, the power that raised him from the dead lives in you. It's why you have peace. It's why he is our peace. It's all in this package. You got nothing without the gospel. If he doesn't shed his blood, you got nothing. You say, I want to talk about all that. Then find another church. All right, Philippians chapter 4. Philippians 4, verse 1, Therefore, my beloved and longed-for brethren, my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, beloved. I implore Yodia and I implore Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord, and I urge you also, true companion, help these women who labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. I'm not going to camp on two and three, but what is he saying to them? Help them. Be at peace. Be of the same mind. We're not always going to get along, but you know what? We ought to work on on it. There can be peace. Then he gives some very practical statements. Verse four, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Verse six, be anxious for nothing. Now listen to me. Stop worrying. You cannot have peace and worry at the same time. You say, but that's just my nature. Get a new nature. I'm just a worrywart. You cannot have peace and worry and be anxious at the same time. It isn't happening. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And what? And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And we've gone over this before, and this is just a basic thing, and we're going over it again. How do you know if it's working? If you are not being anxious, how are you going to know you're not being anxious, really? Because the peace of God, which passes all understanding, is going to override all that anxiety. It's going to guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Your heart will be guarded. Your mind will be guarded. You're not going to be anxious. 
Women have a tendency to worry. You know what? Women aren't the only people that worry. Men worry. Everybody worries. And you cannot have peace if you're going to worry. If you're worrying, you're not trusting. If you're not trusting, you don't believe God can handle the situation. And if you'll take the situation and say, Father, my worrying has never solved anything or changed the way I feel. I want peace in my life and in this situation. So with prayer, supplication, I'm bringing it all to you. And I'm thanking you in advance that it's all taken care of. And now I I want confirmation that you've got it and I don't because there's a peace that passes all understanding that takes over my heart and my mind and keeps me this way. Now this isn't complicated and you'll know if you've got it and you'll know when you take it back. Okay, God, are you sure? Hold on, let me take it, let me hold it a minute. I know you're really busy and all with all these people on the planet. I'll hold it a little bit and I'll worry and maybe I'll give it back. You know what? Worry is just an excuse for not trusting God sometimes. And saying, well, I'll lock myself down, then I don't have to trust him and do anything. Well, God will understand, I'm just going to sit here and have a pity party and worry about this. You're going nowhere, and you don't have peace. Now, let me tell you something. If you ever taste just peace, you'll give up anything to get it back. I was so miserable, hurt so bad, was cranked up so much all the time, I wanted to die. That's how bad it can get. And I cannot be the only person who feels this way on the planet. People drink stuff to get some peace, to calm down. They smoke stuff. They shoot stuff in their veins. They go to places, go on trips, spend money. They do all kind of stuff to try to get some peace in their life, to peace in their heart, peace in their mind. And it doesn't come because you can't get the kind of peace I'm talking about from anybody but Jesus. He is our peace. Verse 8 of that same chapter. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and what? And the God of peace will be with you. It's talking about the peace of God in verse 7, and it's talking about the God of peace in verse 9. You want peace with God? You want the God of peace? Then do eight and nine and you'll have the God of peace with you all the time. Part of the reason you don't have peace is you're meditating on a bunch of crap. How in the world can you have peace with God filling your life, your mind, your home, whatever you got with a bunch of crap, smut, whatever it is you got? Worry, trash. You say, I wonder why I don't have peace with God. You might have to pick between cable and peace. All right, let me tell you something else that happened on my little trip. I got four women asleep. I'm trying to stay awake. I got one of these funky mobile phones that has a radio in it. You know, I don't know, they put radios in them, and I got one of the radio, and I got this earpiece. So I thought, well, maybe if I put my radio in and turn that up, I'll be able to hear. But I only got one earpiece. It's not stereo. They make those two. I'm working on that. I got one ear in here, my right ear. So I'm listening to radio in this ear, and I'm thinking, I can't hear this right. I'm off balance. So I turn my stereo knobs to isolate all the music in the front left corner of my car. And I turned that just up enough so that the earpiece and the stereo would balance each other out and I wouldn't disturb any sleeping girls who were trying to rest in peace. So I did all that, made it, turned it up, down, tried to, you know, just do anything to keep busy and stay awake. Forgot all about it, got up this morning to take my niece to the airport at seven something o'clock, got in the car. When she got out, I turned my radio on and I'm thinking, I listened to the radio for a while. I'm thinking, something is not right in this car. I got a good stereo in this car. What is wrong with this car? And then it dawned on me, I had turned all the speakers down and tuned it to this one little spot. There I was driving around, listening to music with only a fraction of what was possible on. And I remembered how to fix it. 
and I hit the balance and I cranked the bass up and I was rocking again. Look at Colossians chapter one, verse 19. A few more chapters. Colossians 1, 19 and following. For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell. Talking about Jesus. And by him to reconcile all things to himself. By him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Now, as long as I have breath, I will speak of the blood of his cross because I have no peace without the blood of his cross. And the scripture here says that he made peace through the blood of his cross. When Jesus died on that cross and presented himself before the Father and his blood was sprinkled on that mercy seat and God said, that's it, that'll do, that'll take care of it. Anybody that you bring to me, I'll take them because of you and your blood, I accept them. I have peace with God and experience the peace of God because of this blood that was shed in my place. Look over at Colossians chapter 3, verse 12 and following. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. Guys, this is about peace. If someone's got a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. Forgive them. You won't have peace without forgiveness. One of the reasons we don't have peace with God without him forgiving us is there can be no peace without forgiveness. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Go back to verse 15 and let the peace of God rule. He says, let the peace of God rule. I'm not asking you, I'm telling you. 14 again, but above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Do it. You say, well, how do I do it? It's a commandment, do it. Then you say, okay, God, what's wrong here? If you're not a Christian, let me tell you something, and I know this is pretty cut to the chase. If you think you are gonna rest in peace forever, just because you drop dead and they put that on your tombstone, it ain't happening if you don't have a relationship with God. God has made peace possible with him through the blood of his son, but if you don't recognize that and you don't accept that and you don't get into that and believe that, let me tell you something. You say, well, I think you're nuts and I don't believe the Bible. I didn't write this stuff, I just work here. Believe what you wanna believe, but I hope it works for you. We'll get back to Richard in a moment to close out today's talk. But first, I wanna share something about our program. Our mission is actually very simple, to take the planet. So it's our prayer that these daily talks from Richard aren't something you only hear and enjoy, but that they inspire you to share with others. Together, we can do this. The message of the gospel is something everyone needs to hear, and that's why it's such a priority to us. So join us in this important mission. Call us at 855-6-RICHARD to say you're in. Or you can get on board with us through our website, richardellistalks.com. Well, here's Richard with some closing thoughts for us. How do you get your peace going? If you don't have peace with God, you're not a Christian, you say, okay, God, you've done everything to make peace possible with me. I see that. I'm the one rejecting you. I get it. I see that Jesus died for me. He was buried, raised from the dead. 
to make peace between me and you possible. I accept what he did in my place. You know all my stuff, what I've done, what I'm doing now, and probably what I'm going to do. I can't take it anymore. I want peace between you and me, God. I take what Jesus did. Are we okay? We're okay. Now, how do you lose that peace? Sin gets in your life. You start worrying. You just you stop trusting him. You stop obeying him. And one of the ways he gets us back is to say, look, where are you going? You can have peace with me eternally, but you're not going to experience that peace in your life unless you're doing what I'm telling you to do, unless you trust me, unless you obey me, unless you stop doing something like worrying. You can't have peace and worry. So what do you do? You say, Father, you know what? You're right. I'm wrong. I got no peace. Let's try it your way. I'd like to see if some peace shows up. I'm not going to be anxious. I'm going to be anxious for nothing in everything with prayer and supplication and thanksgiving. I'm going to let my request be made known to you. And then you said the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will keep my heart and mind. All right, let's try that a while. It's that simple. You say, well, I don't believe that. And then it ain't going to happen. But sooner or later, you'll get sick of no peace and not be able to rest and not have any peace whatsoever. And one day you'll wake up and go, okay, God, I'm tired of this. Let's try it your way and have a simple conversation and begin to trust him and stop worrying and give it over to him and rest in peace. Thanks for listening today to Richard Ellis Talks. We're confident that the program blessed you and we want to hear about it. One way is to give us a call and let us know. The number is 855-6-RICHARD. Another way is to drop us an email. Jump on over to our website, richardellistalks.com, and click on the Connect tab at the top. We'd love to hear from you. And while you're there at the website, there's a ton of great stuff there just for you. Things like all of the talk from Richard, a prayer wall where you can leave your prayer request, and a whole lot more. Check it out, richardellistalks.com. Finally, we love doing this program for you, but we're so grateful when you hop on board to help us with the cost. Call us at 855-6-RICHARD, or you can contribute through the website. It's easy and much appreciated. 855-6-RICHARD or richardellistalks.com. Until next time, God bless you, and thanks for listening to Richard Ellis Talks. Richard Ellis Talks.